You know, sometimes you don't have to go that far to see amazing things here in southwest France. On Chapter 91, we reintroduce you to another one of France's most beautiful villages, Endagenet. And my week has certainly had its ups and downs. <laughs> we'll explain. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. It's a good day <laughs> on the property. It's a good yes. day to We got day. the call. <laughs> we got the call from our uh, provider, fiber provider, uh, yeah. Orange. And they will be uh, on the property. In moments. Uh, between 8.30 this morning and uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon to install our fiber. Three years. <laughs> Three years. And uh, the, it, it was originally a promise for 2020. Thank uh-huh. you, government. Uh-huh. And then the outside part of it was installed <laughs> in December of 2021. And it sat there and gave us the finger for two years. And now we're finally getting installed. But I shouldn't get too excited because anything in France, anything could happen here. So, you know, a press release was issued by the uh, French telecommunications regulator. And what what did they say? Jeff Lumby is not entitled. No, No. they said, uh, Orange, you owe us $25 million. When was this? Wednesday. Because you did not respect your, your timeline. Oh, so something tells me they'll be here at 830. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, they left a half a million homes. They were supposed to commit by the end of 2020. They got a a, a little little reprimand in 2022 saying, come on, you got to speed it up. You've got a lot of people and businesses. Because they commit. See, see, they committed to this. Yes. So it's not the government imposing this and coming down on them. They probably got contracts based on promises. True. True, and and only ninety two percent got their their fiber. So mm-hmm. the other eight percent, which represents a half a million people, were still waiting, and 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 it was pending on them completing the job. So so that's why um, they're um, <laughs> they're being fined. They're fighting it because they said they say that you know they've done ninety two percent of the work. Yeah, but that's not a hundred, is it? It's no. not the it's not the commitment uh, honored. Right. So right. Although. Uh, I'm going to hold judgment right now because uh, they're our friends and they're going to be coming here in in an hour or so, let's hope, and uh, installing it. So we'll shake hands and bonjour and hopefully au revoir and on we go. Um, That's that's pretty incredible. Now, we've we've had uh, good news uh, this week and and today, which we're going to get into a little bit more, but we've also had some tough news. Uh, are you talking about my fall? I am talking about that. Yeah, I went flying. <laughs> we have uh, one beautiful dog, very good boy. Oh, that's blue, and he's just a one. And then we have two monsters. <laughs> so we went walking in the forest after the rainfall, and the forest floor was really slippery and mucky and muddy and rocky. As we... Well, it's always rocky. Yeah, but it, but it was particularly slippery, and I had. Two of the dogs, and we've got this contraption where I put the their leashes around my waist so I can, you know, I can not, hold them back. Not for much longer. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, and and uh, you know, as as and, and the reason we can't take them off leash is because all these dogs are bolters. Like we got a husky mix and a, and a pointer mix. 
And unless you're Caesar, whatever his name is, yeah. well, uh, we, you, you, they're just untrainable. Well, we, we also didn't get them as puppies because they're rescues. That's, you know, yeah. it's harder to teach a three-year-old how to behave on leash than it is a, a, a puppy. Yeah. So in, in any case, usually there's no problem. But in this particular incident, I was on top of a little small hill. Yeah. But, a, a pathway, yeah. rocky. Slippery. And it couldn't have been at a worse time because we were at the top of this little hill. Yes. Right. And so another dog appears at the bottom of the hill. And the two that were with me got a little antsy because they wanted to go see the dog. So Jeff and Blue turned around because we were going to go. Yeah, I said, okay, enough of this. Let's go. And I I had Anna by the collar because she was barking and everything. And I thought that you guys were following me. That's what you thought. Yeah. And. And I know what you're saying. I know at home. How come? Here's what you're saying. I know what you're saying right now. How, how come the little girl has two dogs and right. you only have one? Right. Because I have a, a bad neck uh-huh. and uh, it's all the, the yanking and everything. And beautiful blue. He's just, he doesn't <laughs> yank at all. He's wonderful. But he's also, you know, 80 pounds. So, uh, you know, I, I've got the big dog in case he bolts. Uh, but anyway, I turn around to go the other way, and don't these dogs drag poor Julie oh. down this hill like a, a rag doll? It was uh, something to like see. A, yeah, I felt like a flying object. I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop them. The only thing I can think of is, okay, fall down. Fall down so you can anchor them and they can't go any further. And so I, I, as I'm rushing down this hill, I see all these rocks and I'm going, okay, I'm going to break something and this is not going to be good. Then I see a little patch of mud that seemed to be a little safer to land on. So I, I ducked and rolled like they do yeah. on TV. So I just, <laughs> I just went boom and I fell on, on, on the, on the ground oh. and the dogs stopped and, and luckily nothing, nothing broke. Oh, but you, you, a couple you, bruises. Oh, you look like you've been in a, <laughs> a, a dryer. I mean, you are bruised from head to toe. And for me, I'm at the top of the hill. I look around, I see you going down the hill and it's, everything's in slow motion and then all of a sudden you're flying like (laughs) sally fields and bang and you're oh anyway uh you know i think we'll we'll give a a, the walking with the dogs a little break until i i heal um but uh you're a mess like your neck you got whiplash yeah my neck is getting better i've got a really nasty bruise on my right arm hey can i take a picture of that for the facebook page at jeff and julie moved Uh, to france if you want to gross people out i know and 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 i'm saying to julie please please wear like long sleeve stuff or people are going to (laughs) talk uh it's nasty it is it is uh, i mean it's that is as purple as that is like it's it's magnificent that's like prince purple (laughs) it's just insane has it started turning green or brown yet i haven't checked it today oh too busy and it's got a lump in there it's got a lump in there yeah Oh. But it's not broken, and it doesn't really even hurt, so, so life goes on. Let's move to the good news. Mm-hmm. Julie? Yes? Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's quite a, that's quite a birthday, getting, um, getting dragged down a hill by two dogs <laughs> in the rain. But I made it. <laughs> I made it. I'm one year older. Yeah. Uh, aujourd'hui. <laughs> it must be raining. It's your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we were back in Canada, it would be snowing. Okay. <laughs> Look at you making <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I just took a look at other people that were born on, on this date. 
Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Charles the Bold was the first one I saw in 1443. Okay. He uh, was born in Dijon. Hmm. He was the Duke of Burgundy for 10 years. That's his name, the Bold? or did he? Him, it was a nickname. You know how they oh, back like, then they gave them nicknames? Like, like The Rock. Ish, yeah. Okay. Uh, another person who's well-known is Richard Burton. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, one of your favorite character actors, uh, Walt, Walton Goggins. Oh, Walter Goggins. It, yeah, oh, yeah, from Justin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Justified. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Miranda Lambert. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tracy Morgan. Yeah. And a bunch of athletes. Okay. Like Kenny Roger oh, and, and John Rahm. Golfer. And, and uh, Céline Boutier. Oh, go- golf French golfer. France. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting, don't you think? For November 10. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, little bird. Merci beaucoup. You know... You know, you know who I get. You got all these nice people. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who's on December twenty sixth. Uh, Tilla the Hun. So close. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Mao Zedong. <laughs> you know who else? Who else? Phil Spector. Oh my God. Murderer. <laughs> and yeah, and, and and here's the cherry on the cake. You ready? Okay. The Hoff. <laughs> there you go. That's that's who I share my birthday with. Fantastic. <laughs> but do you think that those character character traits were developed because the people are angry that they're born the day after Christmas? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th- right. I think being born on December twenty sixth can lead to drinking it, it, and and hostility and hostility. Okay. I, I don't know about. I don't know if you get away with like. I don't know if that was Phil Spector's uh, defense in mm. his murder trial. Hey, Your Honor, I was born on Boxing Day. <laughs> Case dismissed. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that happened. No. But, uh, anyway, happy birthday. I hope it's a, 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 I hope it's better than the week has been. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Yes. But uh, here we are, and uh, uh, we we decided to revisit our our local town, and you know the the reason being is that for years, Pendagenet has been trying to get this designation as being one of France's most, most beautiful, beautiful villages. villages. We've talked about it infinitum because we, we love to go to these villages. And and it's interesting that most of the villages are in our area. As you kind of look at a, if you take a map of France and you make a square out of it, a, a, you know, a divider, like four sections, our section is by far and away. Yeah, southwest, it, it's because it's it has... So much history, and it's it's so old. I mean, it's medieval. Yeah. So you know the the villages uh, are beautiful architecturally. They've got small little laneways leading up to the top of the hills because they're all you know most of the Bastide towns or villages are on top of a hill. So it, it's uh, it's it's just a feast for the eyes. Right. Yeah. So uh, in order to be one of the plus beaux villages de France, there are three main uh, criterias. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. The first is you have to have a maximum of 2,000 inhabitants. Oh, so if it, because then it doesn't, it, it's, it's no longer a village, I guess. I suppose it's no longer described as a village. It's interesting because our pop, the population of Pendagenet is listed at almost 2,500. Mm-hmm. But I'm, Supposing that it has to be the people that live in the actual village, not in the outskirts right. in the, the countryside. The old, uh, the old portion of the village. Right, right. Here's a question for uh-huh. you. Does each one of these 
villages require a village idiot? That's what I want to know. Is that part of the?、Uh... It's not one of the criteria. No, no. Because、um... here I am. <laughs> But、uh, number two is that you have to have at least two historic sites. So you know, typically a church will qualify because it, you know, their、mm-hmm. their、um, patrimoine de France.、Um, but you know, we've got remnants、uh, the, in in Pendagenet of Richard the Lionheart's castle. Not much, though. Not much. I, I got to say, it's a pile of stones. Yeah, but still, it's 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 there. And then the third criteria is there needs to be a serious、um, collective incentive, motivation from the community to get this accreditation. Okay, and. Do you have any knowledge as to why it's taken this long for Pendagenet? I mean, there've been a lot of rumors that the uh, the uh, care home that they put up in the middle of the ancient part of the city was not up to ancient standards. I'm not sure. Like、uh, someone was explaining that because Tournon Dagenet got their accreditation,、mm-hmm. uh, it was easier for Pendagenet to get theirs. Okay, all right. So、um, you know, and then there's 28 other. Criteria. Oh, little tiny ones. Little tiny things like you know,、um, the, the quality of the buildings, the the uniformity of the construction,、um, the the、um, the lighting,、um, the the landscape,、um, the views.、Um, you know, the, the the commitment to keep it rural. Um, and and not、um, you know modernize the village, and this gets revisited every once in a while. So、uh, I think the, the the accreditation for Pendagenet will will be in existence for six years, and then it will be up for revision. Now, is there any money that exchanges hands here for for one? Because I mean, there's a huge book that you can buy, and it's it's a great travel book. It's you know France's most well, beautiful villages. Yeah, the association has to generate some income,、mm-hmm. right? Because there are people that are working, you know, publishing this book. full time. Yeah, so the book probably, and I'm just imagining, generates a, a, some income for them, but they get most of their income from the villages themselves.、Mm. So there's a a fee that you pay, and I, I believe it's. Twelve hundred euros, if you're a population of three hundred or under, and if you、uh, have a more significant population, then it goes twelve hundred euros plus two fifty per inhabitant. So it it could go up to almost five thousand euros. And this is paid yearly. Yearly. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. But you, but you know what though? I would say small price to pay because、yes. this is a, 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 a real. Tourist generator. Yeah, I mean they've got on their website. You can you can tr- map trips based on the villages. So it, it's generating traffic. It's generating income for the village, and it's very prestigious. You know the restaurants are happy, the artisans are happy.、Um, so you know I, I think it's it's well worth、um, paying those and, dollars. And those you know、euros. what more more than any I think part of Europe, maybe with the exception of Italy. This is the country to do that in. If you really want to see beautiful historic sites, towns that are、uh, prist- villages and towns that are pristine and kept in beautiful, you know, twelfth century、uh, shape. I mean, this this is the country to do it in, and this is also the way to make a trip. Like honestly, if if I were making it, if I hadn't been to France, and if you've never been to France, that would be. You know, forget about big Paris things and stuff like that. If you really want to see some history, that is a great trip. Go buy this book, find it somewhere. We found ours. Or go in online; they have a website. Yeah, or go online and just map out your trip of the most, you know, 
beautiful villages of France, and you will not be disappointed. Yeah. You know what? This association inspired other associations across the globe. So, you know, there's the most beautiful villages in Japan, the most beautiful villages in Spain. Um, there's also, quite to my surprise, the most beautiful villages in Quebec. That's really? in Canada. And so I, I was curious. I, I, I wondered, like, what are the most beautiful villages in Quebec? Right. Is St. Sever one of them? No. Well, the top five um, okay. are Saint-Rose-du-Nord in the Saguenay region. Okay. Camourasca in the Bas-Saint-Laurent. Saint-Irénée in Charlevoix. Uh, Havre-Aubert, Île-de-la-Madeleine. And Saint-Donat in La Naudière. Saint-Donat. Saint-Donat. I know. So, you know what? I, it, it made me a little sad that I lived in Quebec for how many years? No, many. Ma I mean, yeah, a lot of years. <laughs> I've never been to these villages. Not one of them. Not one of them. For shame. For shame. You know, isn't that the case, that when you live somewhere, yeah. you, you don't act like a tourist? Well, we, did we ever go up the, the stupid needle in Toronto? No. I don't think we did, did we? No. 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 And, and you know, our friends here tell us that, oh, we've, see, we've seen way more of France than they have. Yeah. And that's because we're, you know, we're living here but acting like well, well, how interested many, tourists. How many times did we go to Niagara Falls? Once? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. You know, and people come all over the world to see Niagara <laughs> Falls. You know, I know it's one of the wonders. I know. So, yeah, no, no, it's true. Uh, uh, we have <laughs> friends here, and they just kind of look at us like we got three heads. Where did you go today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we went oh. to Saint Foy. Uh, where's that? You know, and and so, uh, but it's true. Um, well, that's kind of cool. I didn't realize that about Quebec. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, and talking about beautiful things. Yes, that brings me to the French phrase of the day. Oh, wow. So, I can't get too upset about this because it's beautiful. All right, let's, let me have it. Okay. Oh, boy. La beauté plaît aux yeux. La douceur charme l'âme. Oh, the beauty... The, the, the eyes, right? The eyes, yeah. Uh, what's play? Dang it. So, I, should, I should know that. But you know, s'il vous plaît, right? Yeah. So please, it, please. Yeah, there okay. you go. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, there you sorry. Go. Go. So the beauty pleases the eyes. Mm -hmm. Well, how I got it. Uh, <laughs> le, le, la douceur charme l'âme. Oh, I was thinking douleur, pain. Uh, no, douceur, I don't know that word. Uh, charms the uh, something, something. Uh, do. You know what do is? Oh, sweetness. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. sh sugar? Sweetness? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Sweetness? Yes. The sweetness charms... The soul. Oh, that's soul? Yeah, l'âme. With the little hat. With the little hat on the Circum... Egg. What do you call that? Circumflex. Accent circumflex. Yeah, okay. So, uh, the beauty pleases the eyes, but the sweetness charms the soul. That's that's right. Oh, Sweetness, that's a... kindness. Right. That's your French phrase of the day. That's a very nice French phrase of the day, especially on your birthday. That's right. <laughs> you know, you always complain that, that your birthday is right in front of the war, the remembrance of the war. Yes. Which it is. It is. But, yeah. But, it's a sad day. Yeah, it, it's, well. It's a, you know, emotional day. It's an emotional day, and I understand. And um, But, you know, in France here, uh, there's also another day, which is a nice day. 
Oh, All Saints Day. Right. Yeah. See, so, you know, I know it's we're going to talk about Armistice Day and, and in Canada Remembrance Day, which is uh, tomorrow on the 11th. Um, but uh, All Saints Day is a whole different uh, ballgame. Well, it, here, they, they, you know, use this day to remember the people who have been dear to them and have passed away. And um, they, they buy massive mums and bring them to... The flowers. Yes. Uh, they bring them to the graveyards. And so, you know, right now, every l- village graveyard is covered in beautiful, colorful flowers who are staying quite fresh because of the rain. It's 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 the oddest thing. We've we've by the way, you can go back to uh, uh, some of our past Facebook pages and see just how many we're talking about. It's almost every gravesite gets uh, a pot of mums in yes. front of it. But I will add a couple more photos to the Facebook page from our pictures in Pendagenet, because uh, one of the things in Pendagenet that is Absolutely. Well, it's it's sort of the cornerstone uh-huh. of the city is this beautiful silver dome. Of oh, the cathedral. The cathedral at the very, very top. And I mean the very, very top of this town. And in that cathedral is a massive gravesite. But they, they really go to town on the on the gravesites here and the tombstones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, they bring flowers. There are all kinds of um, plaques and and notes and photographs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and some of them are just sitting on top of the graves. They just sit there. But uh, right now, it's it's quite beautiful with with all of the flowers and the mums. So when you're done listening to the podcast, go over to our Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Move to France, and you'll be able to see all kinds of uh, very beautiful flowers. But, but that's but the but the mums because they're designation is grave sites you don't mm. you don't bring mums to like a dinner party or no, something it's not a good hostess gift no <laughs> not at all because it's, it's <laughs> it a, represents death kind of yeah so better bring something else now how how badly would the reaction be if you brought mums to somebody i think really bad <laughs> for me it's always been like gladiolas oh. like you know like that's all like it's with the flower arrangements on mm. on you know the, for funerals, for funerals, like to me, it, that's not that's the same connotation as mums. But what if what if a person just didn't know that, and then they thought they were doing something nice, and they brought mums to someone's? I, for I'm dinner. not sure. Would, I'm, you, would I'm, you be kicked uh, out, or I, I I think you would probably be told that that's not a good idea. You take your mums and you <laughs> go away. Or I will taunt you a second time. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, that leads into Armistice Day here in yes, France. Yes, and they still call it Armistice Day okay. here, um, you know, commemorating um, the end of World War One. Yes. And um, in Canada, they've renamed the day Remembrance Day, and, and in the United States, it's Veterans Day. It's always been Veterans Day, though. Has it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, and unlike Canada, in France, it is... Um, a statutory holiday. Yes, and I always was in favor of that in Canada. And I, I remember being on the radio and, uh, you know, just, I, I remember talking about that. Why is this not a, a, a statutory holiday? There are silly things to me that are statutory holidays in Canada. Why can't something yeah. of, of 
remembrance be oh, one? Yeah, I agree. And, well, you know, the thing the thing is that half the people aren't at work anyway because federal workers in Canada were given the holiday. Right. And banks. So why not everyone else follow suit? Exactly. You know, it's just, it's it's an opportunity. Because, you know, the, the ceremony is typically at 11 every more. Every, That's when the uh, yeah. armistice yeah. was signed. Yeah. And that's typically, so even at worst, make it a half day, come in in the afternoon, honor and remember the people who, uh, who fought for us, gave, gave their lives for our freedom. I think it's kind of the least we could do. I mean, we have mm-hmm. holidays in Canada, family day, and, you know, it's like, what does that mean? Well, I was at the hairdressers this week and they said, make sure that your husband doesn't book his appointment on Saturday because we're closed. Well, it's nice that they're they're doing that on the Saturday, regardless. Yes, you know because of it's it's a very important time, and it's respected here. It's not as big of a, a flag waving event, but I think the most emotional for me was when we came to France back with my folks, and I, I remember we designed the trip around being on the beaches of Normandy on June sixth. Yes, and yeah. that was something, and and you want to you know for the Americans and Canadians that were involved in in that invasion, I was actually quite impressed with how austere that that particular June 6th recognition was. It was just a few American Jeeps. Uh, Yes, there were were some American flags and Canadian flags, but it wasn't like a big to-do. It It was somber. It was somber, and uh, as a result of that, it was really emotional. Mm. Yeah, that was something else. Uh, walking the beaches of Normandy. There, there's another, that's a northern. Oh, that must be the uh, fiber guy. Oui, bonjour. Uh, oui. <laughs> C'est parfait. D'accord, excellent. À bientôt. D'accord, au revoir. The orange is here. What did I tell you? Huh? So Mr. Fiber Guy installer was here. What did I tell you? And we still don't have fiber. I'm ready to... I don't know what I'm ready to do. You look really dejected. Well, now we got to... Because we live so far off the road. And of course, the goober that came here in the first place, the office guy, I asked him all the questions... About what? Oh, no, no, that's no problem. Oh, yeah, no, no, they'll be able to install that. Yeah. So, uh, how, how many questions did I ask no, that No, you guy? asked a ton, and and his opinion was that they would be able to to thread the line in in the air. Yeah. Um, from the road to the building that we want. But he was in a hurry in. to go for lunch with his wife, so... <laughs> he was. You know? Yeah. But anyway, so today, I mean, lovely guy, um, and, and turns out that they're sub subcontractors. They're not people who work for the actual provider. And so he, you know, came in and, uh, and, and tried. He did try. No, he was a good guy. He tried, and I understand why he couldn't fulfill the connection today i get it but you know now we're left with probably i don't know between 500 and a thousand euros to get this thing done because we either have to put up another pole in or we have to trench about a hundred feet 
or we have to, you know, carve up. I mean, there are three options and none of them are fun. And then it's going to be another month or so. He said max. I mean, if we get this done within the next 10 days, I think we we, we should have fiber Oh, uh, don't hopefully. even don't even say it. I know. I don't. I don't want to jinx it. Holy! But cow. I'm uh, yeah. And <laughs> it was pouring rain. Yeah, I'm drenched. <laughs> I look like a I look like a, a wharf rat right now. <laughs> yeah. So right. anyway, you were not in a very um, no. good mood when the fella left. But uh, you know, hopefully, we'll be able to salvage the rest of the day. Now this time now for another Paris 2024 Olympic update. Okay, there's a problem with the with the surfing plans oh. at the Olympics. Oh, it, it, 2024. Is that, into, is that in Tahiti? Surfers are due to rock the waves at the Paris Games in nine months in Tahiti. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So this is fifteen thousand kilometers from Paris. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so no one no one understands this. First of all, but there's trouble in paradise, dude. Because a plan to build a giant tower in the legendary oh. Tiahupo yeah. uh, surf location mm. uh, has sparked resistance. The organizers of the 2024 Games uh, want to erect a 14-meter aluminum structure in the water for the judges to better access the competition. And it has caused a huge uproar. Well, I, I got a petition to sign yeah. about, about this. Yeah. Yeah, um, because it apparently is going to damage the coral reef. Coral reef, um, and and affect um, the fish and yeah. and the wildlife. So over, over one hundred and fifty thousand signatures already. Wow! So they're they're um, trying to find a solution. Yeah. So the president, uh, Mr. Brotherson, suggested another beach, the Taharu Beach. As an alternative, since there would be no need for a tower. Now, maybe you don't get as gnarly a wave. Yeah. But it's uh, less, let's call it a less well-known venue than the other one. It's on the West Coast. But, you know, there are other people who are PO'd about this, like Biarritz. All the people along the Atlantic coast are going, what are, what are we going to Tahiti for? We got waves here in Biarritz, but... Oh, I didn't know they, they actually had waves in the Atlantic. Well, and... And and maybe maybe they're not as good, and maybe they're freezing. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I don't know what all the reasons are, but they say now that drilling for the tower's foundation would not be possible without breaking the coral reef, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And there's enough of a resistance to this that they are going to be looking at other places. Are you ready for this, though? Do you know how much that tower was scheduled to cost? Do you uh, have let any? Me guess. I, okay, let me see. Uh, yeah. uh, two million dollars. Four point four million euros. Wow! For a tower. Wow! Is so, it made out of gold? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, France is really busy because not only are they like planning for their twenty twenty four summer games, but they've officially put in their bid for the twenty thirty winter games. Yeah, they could do the winter games in France easily. Yeah, they've done it three times before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember the last one was in Alberville. In oh, ni- okay. Nineteen ninety. Two somewhere, yeah, 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 somewhere yeah. in there, right? So yeah, so there. It, it, it's really interesting because the Olympic Village, the International Media Center, and the in- indoor skating events are going to be held in Nice. Oh, you're kidding! And, and Nice it, is in the Mediterranean, where there is no winter. 
right? But, so, but you got a rink. Yeah, you can build a rink, yeah. yeah. All the indoor events can be held there. And the ski events will be held in the Alps. But I mean, you know, yeah, you could also do, you could do uh, Alps, you could do Pyrenees, you could also do Toulouse. Toulouse already has an arena, but, uh, you know, it's probably but, not but, big enough. But. but there's the proximity issue. You have to be able to get the athletes back to the Olympic Village. Oh, is which there, is in Nice. How are they? How are they managing that with fifteen thousand kilometers away in Tahiti? I mean, oh, well, that I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it's uh, so strange. But um, there are two other countries that are putting themselves forward for the twenty thirty Winter Games. Yeah. Um, there's Sweden, uh-huh. who's never hosted, oh. and Switzerland, who've hosted once, and there is Salt Lake City. USA, no, yep, but they're putting their bid in for 2034. Oh, I see. And they're the only country that has put in a bid bid for 2034. So come July, um, the um, Olympic Committee will determine who gets the 2030 Games Mm -hmm. and pretty much a slam dunk for Salt Lake City to get 2034. Well, I don't know about that. There's still time for people to apply, aren't? Isn't there? It's a massive process, apparently. Right. Like, like years in the making. I got to tell you, one of the best was Vancouver. That was a fantastic Winter Games. Mm-hmm. Calgary was as well. Yes. So I don't know. You know, they can also ruminate about that maybe up in Canada. But you know, sometimes it's not worth it. They, you know, they. Well, I mean, don't Olympics typically, you know, create white ed- elephants and and mm-hmm. yeah. and and they can. They creating can. a lot of debt. So yeah. you know, some people shy away from it. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I, I, Winter Olympics here would be kind of cool. But I, you know what? If Sweden's never done it, that's that's what I'd give the nod to. Oh, maybe. Uh, it depends on their inf- it yeah. depends on the proposal, the infrastructure, the budget, yeah. the location, you yeah. know, all all of that. So we'll see. We'll see. They say that France has a good chance. What do you want to do next week or nothing? Well, we've got lots of challenges coming up. Um oh. so we're busy. We're oh. very busy. Um so hopefully, you know, we'll we'll find some time to be able to, to maybe. give an update. So Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm losing. I'm losing no. interest. <laughs> well, you just got to blow. So maybe you'll you'll recover and and you'll find something to you know, right. share. Well, maybe we'll have another riveting <laughs> episode of Jeff and Julie move to France and get their teeth kicked in during a global pandemic. See you then. <laughs> yeah, don't.